take your Bibles, if you would, and I want us to turn to John chapter 20 this morning. John chapter 20, verses 18 through 22. Where is it? Oh, my gosh. Guys, I see a Pikachu. Come on. Oh, my gosh, where's a Pikachu? I need a Pikachu right now. It's just a... It, no, it's a ratata. You mean a ratatat? Uh, no, it's pronounced ratata. We are in the wrong place. Oh. What are you doing? What? Oh, we're playing Pokemon. Man, yeah. You're playing Pokemon? Yeah. Pokemon Go Pokemon Go, yeah. Yes, sir. Pastor, Reverend, sir. Aren't you on our staff? Yeah, I have a life group, but I mean, they can wait. This is we have time. Pikachu. You forgot we were having church in here or something? <clears throat> It might have slipped my mind. Yeah. 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 I am very sorry. All right. Well, I think it'd probably be good if you got back to what... Yes, sir. Sorry. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Got it. Got it. Um, There was definitely a Pikachu back there, though. That didn't go well. Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh Uh-huh. Pokemon Go, this thing's been fascinating to me. (laughs) Same. Come here. Come here. I mean, I am fascinated by this. Come here for a second. Pokemon Go. So my kids have this. Yeah. I see people walking all over our community uh, in groups of twos and threes. Something's going on here. Uh, Pokemon Go. Now, Pokemon, the Pokemon I remember when my kids were little was just a couple of cards. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. not like that anymore. It's different. It's not cards. <clears throat> no, it's like on your GPS now. So you've got to walk around in the yeah. city and go to different places to play. Well, I... I I mean, I thought it was like they just you sat on the couch and home and played Pokemon. Wasn't that sort of the deal? It changed the game on us. Now we have to go out to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You actually, have to go yeah. out? Yeah, you can't play on the couch. Like You have to go and collect things. It's very fancy. Got to go to gyms and all so kinds ba- of stuff like that. So basically, you all, for years, you just sat on the couch, basically, looking at cards... Oh, collecting cards. Collecting, collecting, yes. yes. Thank you. And then you kind of move to moving your thumbs. Yeah, pretty much. Working out, yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But they, so Nintendo, whoever it is, they did something that caused you to get off the couch and go into the community. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There's actually a Pokestop right out there by the fountain. Well, that's where we were going. And a gym. Yeah. 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 The sign. Mm-hmm. So Westside's kind of a special place in our community? Yeah, you can say so. Super special. Well, I've seen, in fact, as I walked in, I saw three young guys on bikes ride right down mm-hmm. through here. I never see three young guys on bikes on Sunday morning in our parking lot. <laughs> so they were going out. We have a Pokestop. What happens there? You collect Pokeballs and other just kind of gifts. And they're we free. have a Pokestop yeah. here, and they're not everywhere, but... This is a special place to come. Yeah. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Very special. Is it where in the church is the Pokestop? Uh, it's that fountain. The, fountain. the peace fountain mm-hmm. actually so out there. You, if you go stand by the fountain, mm-hmm. it gives you resources yep. mm-hmm. and fills you back up mm-hmm. so that you mm-hmm. can go back out in the community. Yeah. Nailed yeah. it. You gotta have, collect Pokemon. Yeah. You got to have Pokeballs to catch Pokemon. Yeah. It's simple. It's impossible mm-hmm. to any other way. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Just something about this sounds somewhat scriptural. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what it is. No, I don't see not, where you're going with not that. Not ringing a bell. <laughs> not ringing a bell. All right. Well, y'all going back to what you got to do. I okay. appreciate okay. you coming. Yeah, yeah no, sure thing. No problem. Let's catch that Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, we, we do will. have security guards might shoot you if you come bodging in again. So, yeah. uh, we'll be careful. Uh, be careful. Thank you for... Have- we got awesome... We got awesome interns.
Do I even need to preach this sermon? (laughs) So basically, this Nintendo or this company that, that had the Pokemon deal figured out a way to multiply by millions those who are playing Pokemon and get them off of the couch into the community. They have made millions and millions and millions of dollars in just a matter of weeks by making Pokemon missional. They made it missional. They got teenagers off the couch into the community. You know, I think in some ways, (laughs) isn't that the idea Jesus has? To get us off of our pews and into the community. That's, that's what making it missional is. We take our jobs, we take our lives, we take our churches, and we make them missional. They're going out and searching with passion for non-existent electronic figures. The Bible says there are hundreds of thousands of people within our reach here that without Christ will perish forever and we sit on our couches. But we're collecting and we're reading and we're studying and we're doing a lot of great things and we come together and we sing songs and but I just think as the more I see this Pokemon go, I'm obsessed with the fact He has an idea that we are to be missional. Well, how does he do this? How does he get us off of the couch into the community? Well, here's what we're doing over the next couple of Sundays. We want to encourage you to think missionally, to rethink how you handle your life in such a way that you're you're on the go. And church for you basically becomes not the end, but it becomes the means to an end. That this would be a spiritual pokestop for you. That you come here to get resources rebuilt, reaffirmed, re-energized, and then we send you where? Out into the community. I love that. We're not going to call this Pokestop Baptist Church, but we're going to make it missional. We're going to think about ways to make it missional. And another way that we're going to make it missional is we're going to encourage our life groups to do some new things this, uh, this uh, year. Life groups are those small gatherings of people normally around the same age or the same kind of things going on in life and we have lots and lots of life groups and we encourage you every Sunday to join a life group because we want you in a smaller group. Better discipleship happens in a smaller group and also the care and prayer that you need happens best having a small group of folks. But here's what, here's what we want to think of in terms of life groups is I want to just encourage life groups to, to, to be missional and turn life groups from a classroom of friends into a community on mission. To turn a life group from a classroom, what do you do in a classroom? Just get educated, right? To turn it from a classroom of friends into a community on mission. We talked last year, we emphasized it a great deal about doing life together. That's what life groups do. We do life together, but we, according to Scripture, are to do life together on mission. We're to do it on mission. So in the, in the life group, we organize the church. That's how we're organized. 
is that the people, you're filed into a life group. We want you into a life group. And, and in that life group, lots of cool stuff happens. In the life group, you have Bible study. And that's where we turn the hearts of our people upward. And we focus on the Lord. We focus on his word. So every life group looks upward as they gather together. And every life group, is, this is critical, looks inward. Because we care for one of each other's needs. And when you're missing, someone calls you. And when you're in need or having a baby or you have a death in your family, that's your family. And they make sure that you're cared for. And there's lots of in-reach. There's up-reach. There's in-reach. But a, a missional life group also has this element where they are organized for mission and they move out. We had a wonderful training last week on this. And hopefully your teachers and your leaders will be encouraging you on some of the things that... Uh, that will help us be more missional as life groups and missional as a church. You know, it's not easy to be missional. It is easy to make things comfortable. It is easy to make things prayerful. We're good at making uh, our life groups and making our church educational. Now, we need to be comfortable and prayerful and educational and we need to make things theological. That's where I like to be. I mean, I, I just love to make things theological. Let's preach and teach and just, you stick with me. I love making things theological. A lot of us are real comfortable when we make it traditional. Or we make it emotional. There's lots of churches that are really good at making it emotional. And we want to have emotions and those things are good and traditions are good. Sometimes you get called into ministry and you end up making it vocational. But Jesus wants to make it what? Missional. He wants to make it missional. Well, let's watch Jesus. Just in the last few minutes that we had today, let's watch him turn a classroom of friends, his disciples, into a community on mission. In John chapter 20, we have kind of a setup sometimes like we have in our life groups or like we have in our small groups in our homes. In John chapter 20, we have this, this setting right after his crucifixion. And Saturday has gone by where he was in the grave. Now it is the first day of the week. It is Sunday. And you know all the things that happened through the crucifixion and all the things that happened. And how the disciples scattered. Now they've regathered. But look where we find those who have been tasked with the mission. Where do we find them? Behind closed doors. We find them locked away in fear. And if we're not careful, church, in this crazy environment we live in, we can lock ourselves away in our life groups, lock ourselves away in our churches in fear. He says, I'm going to make this I'm going to make this classroom of friends. These are the ones I've been teaching for, for three years. I'm going to turn them from a classroom of friendly fishermen. Isn't it interesting? Seven of the ten were probably fishermen. He needed that group, and they were friends. He said, I'm going to turn this group of fishing friends into a community on mission. Let's watch how he does it. It says, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came, stood among them, and said to them, peace be with you. So Jesus just kind of appears in the room, walks through the door, not sure how he gets in there. 
but he makes this entrance. And we know from Scripture that sometimes he was not easily recognizable in his resurrected body. He had to introduce himself several times. And, and it's a good thing if, if a, a human person just shows up in a room, didn't walk through the door. Isn't it good? He said, peace. Okay, we're okay. Peace be with you. But he was saying more than that. He was saying the first thing, the first critical aspect of being on mission, and that is peace with God. He's given us peace through his death, burial, and resurrection. He's given us a peace with the God uh, that was going to punish us for our sin. He said, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has, what? Sent me now, the way he sent me, I am going to send you. I'm going to make this thing missional. What about the Jews? It's okay. Peace be with you. Is that really you, Jesus? It's okay. Here are my hands and my feet. Now let's make this thing missional. We're going to have to get out from behind the closed doors. There's a world that needs what you know. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them what? Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. He's trying to turn this classroom. Can you imagine what they were probably doing up in that locked room? Well, here's what you need to know. At that point, they had already heard the testimony of the women who had gone to the grave. We believe at that point, Peter and John had already seen the resurrected Jesus. And yet they were still locked behind these doors that evening. What was going on? They still were doubtful. They still were struggling But they may have also been hopeful. They may have been praying. They may have been celebrating in some ways. But they were still not missional. They still had not felt like they could open that door and go out. And so these four things jumped out at me that I want to give you really quickly today that helped me want to open the door, the door of my home, the door of the church, and make sure that we come in here, we get refueled, retooled, re-equipped, and then we just don't stop here. We, we, we keep going because this we, when you signed up for Jesus, you signed up for a missional God. It's a God who's on mission, who sent his son on mission, who is taking those who are his followers and sending them on mission. So if you're not on mission, if you're not missional in your way of thinking, the way you're living your life, the way you're using your resources, if you're not, you're not in tune with the son of God, period. So look at what he did. By the way, we've been praying. Prayer is good. Prayer is good. I've just done a whole series on praying. And I hope it has is, is is encouraged you to spend more time on your knees. But there is a time, and sometimes this happens, when prayer becomes for the church a way of spiritual procrastination. In some ways, and just take this correctly, it is almost sinful to pray about whether you should love your neighbor or to pray about whether you should give 
to the church or to pray about whether you should turn the other cheek. I mean, you, to pray about that is in some ways sinful because God has already made the command and so if you're praying about it, you're saying, are you sure about that, God? And so Jesus would come and he'd say, you pray as you go. Pray as you go. So he gives us these things. The first thing he gives us is he says, I give you my peace. You have peace with God. Romans 5 says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. He comes into his disciples and he says, you are at peace with God. Here's why. Let me show you. You're at peace with God because of the scars that are in my hand and my feet. How did that bring us peace? Before, if he didn't have those scars and the, and, and the nail prints, if he had not perished and, and, and died on the cross for us, we would not have peace with God. We'd have to stand before God on our own merits and all of us would fall short of the glory of God and, and face the punishment for our sin. We're only at peace if he walks in with the scars. And we're also at peace because he didn't just show him He didn't just show his scars to the disciples to prove that he had uh, uh, resurrected from the dead. He also showed them to to his disciples to correctly identify him. He was somewhat hard to recognize in his resurrected body. And so he says, you need to know I'm the real deal. I am the Savior. And the way you're going to know the real Savior in the world is the one that has scars. If you run into a gospel that is scarless, a gospel that doesn't require the death of a Savior, you've run into the wrong gospel. If you run into a religion, listen, that's what separates. If you've got a lineup of potential Saviors, pick the one with the scars in his hand and his feet. The rest of the saviors, the rest of the religions of our world are going to ask you to climb a mountain, climb a hill, and die for God. Our faith, the true God, came down the hill and died for us. And so you pick the one with scars. He says, I'm the right one because only I can bring peace with God. We can go in the community. We've got peace with God. We can be missional. We can be free to share this faith because it's such a gospel. It's such a good news. We don't go out and have to recruit in the same way that so many others do. We go out and we share this great news and say, look, we have a God with scars in his hands. We have peace with God. So he didn't come to condemn us. He came to commission us, to make us missional. He gave us peace. The second thing he gives us real quickly is proof. He gave the proof of his identity. He gave the proof of his resurrection. He gave us a, 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 a reality test for the faith that we have. There were hundreds and hundreds of eyewitnesses to the resurrected Lord. And he comes and he gives us the proof of his resurrection. That ought to give us the freedom and the sense of courage. Okay, I can go into the community, I can live my life on mission because 
Uh, my God resurrected from the dead. He's real. He's true. And if I die on mission, I know this. I know that he will resurrect me from the dead. They're having trouble sometimes with these Pokemon players going in the wrong places, stepping out in front of traffic. Well, listen, you can, you can go on mission for God. He resurrected from the dead. The third thing that he gives them is a process, a process for living on mission. He says, all right, look at verse 21. Jesus said to them, you've got peace, you've got proof. Now, as the Father sent me, I'm going to send you. How are you sending me, Jesus? What's my missional life to look like? Well, I'm the pattern. I'm the pattern. Live your life the way I live my life. As the Father sent me, that's how I'm sending you. Now, how do we do that? Well, turn over to John chapter 15. Uh, John chapter 15. I'm going to focus in on this a little bit more next week. But in John chapter 15... He describes how to go on mission the way Jesus did. How do we do this? He says some some pretty amazing things in John chapter 15. In verse 1 of John chapter 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says this. I'm going to give you a picture of how to do this. How to go on mission. All right. I am the true Vine. Everybody there recognized vineyards. They knew all about the agriculture. This was something very common to them. I'm using Pokemon. <laughs> Jesus is you and some vine. He's just saying, all right, here's your illustration. I'm the vine. I'm the key part of what comes out of the earth. And I've come up out of the earth, and I'm the vine, and you are the branches. And my father is the one who's in charge of all of this. He's preparing the soil. He's controlling the weather. He's doing all of these things, but I'm the vine. My Father is sovereignly in control of all this. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he breaks it off and he throws it away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he's going to prune it so that it keeps bearing what? More fruit. In verse 5, look at, what's, look at what he says. Verse 5 of that same chapter. I am the vine, and you're just the branches. Meaning that uh, you don't provide the, the, the sap, the nutrients. I provide everything. You just abide with me as a branch abides with the vine, and I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to make you missional, and you're going to bear fruit now the type of fruit that he's talking about really are, are, are two things there's the, the spiritual righteousness of your life there's the fruit of, of love and joy and peace there's all sorts of that uh, reflections of who Jesus is that will come out in your life but the primary spiritual fruit that he's concerned about because Jesus is about to send them out on mission are new believers, new Christians. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. 
He says, all right, here's the process, here's the program for bearing fruit. You abide in me. You stick with me. You know, Jesus said a number of things. He said, come to me and I will give you rest. All who are weary, come to me. And in this passage, he says, now stay with me. Stay with me. And then he says, all right, now when you stay with me, you're going to grow with me. You're going to grow. There's going to be spiritual fruit. And to, to harvest that spiritual fruit, you're going to have to go with me. You're going to have to go. And so here, he says, here's the program of how to live this kind of missional life. Look at verse 8. Now follow this logic. Verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and, and that's what proves that you are my disciples. There's going to be fruit. You're going to be on mission. There's going to be this fruit in your life. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, abide in what? My love. So he says, abide in me. And then he says, I'm going to say it a different way. To abide in me, you've got to abide in my love. And so what's going to happen is as you abide in Christ, you're going to have love in two directions because this is Christ's love. He had love in two directions passionately. He had love of the Father, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and might. And he also had love in a horizontal direction. And he says, I'm giving you a new commandment. You are to love your neighbor, love your brother. So he says, this is what's going to happen. You're going to love God and you're going to love others. Look at verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Now notice this progression. So abide in me, what's that look like? Well, it's going to look like loving God and loving others. Well, what's that look like? Well, if you're abiding in my love, you'll, ab- you'll be obeying my what? Commandments. They're all attached. They're all attached. See the process? See the program? See what a missional life looks like? Let me break it down this way in four things. And this is what I believe our church should be. And every miniature church within our church, every life group should be this. It should be a place that accomplishes four things. It should be a place that that equips and encourages and facilitates growth in every single person. And growth in this way. I want to see folks coming out of Westside. I want to see in my own life people who are, number one, loving God the way Jesus did. Loving God the way Jesus did. Number two, loving others the way Jesus did. Notice what I'm saying. Loving God the way Jesus did. Loving others the way Jesus did. Jesus said, as I have been sent by the Father, the way I did it, I want to send you and you do it my way. Well, how did you do it, Jesus? Well, I loved God continually and I loved others sacrificially. And then uh, we live well. How do we live well? We obey his commandments. We live well the way Jesus did. Did Jesus break any of the commandments of God? I lived them perfectly. Fortunately, he doesn't put us under the judgment of living well. He did that. He faced the judgment of living well. And he went to the cross and, and 
uh, he was resurrected. He lived so perfectly. He didn't have to pay for his own sin. He could only pay for us. But he lived perfectly well so that we don't have to live perfect. But guess what? If you abide in Jesus, what's going to happen? The f- there's going to be fruit coming out in your life. And here's some of the fruit. You're going to love God passionately. You're going to love others passionately. And you are going to live well. Are we missional yet? We're getting there. Some of us stop right there. Some of us stop right there. Did Jesus ever share his faith? Everywhere he went, he proclaimed the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We ought to be sharing our faith. Sharing our faith. We ought to live well. Pokemon players are getting in trouble around the world in their desperate desire to capture these lifeless animated creatures. They're breaking and entering. They're trespassing. They're doing all sorts of things. They're they're trying to hone that in. Listen, we are to live well as believers. Let's try not to trespass and sin against our neighbors or sin against the Lord. Let's live well and learn to share our faith. I'm not sure I can do that. Jesus said, you're right, you can't. But if you abide in me, if you abide in me and in my love, you will bear much fruit. But all this kind of takes the fourth and final thing that's critical. Critical. We were pulling into our neighborhood the other day and we pulled up to the gate and as we were pulling up to the gate, one of my uh, children, I won't name which one, one of my children said, stop the car. So what happened? And I stopped the car, well, out they went, out the door. (laughs) Did something out there with the cell phone, jumped back in. What in the world are you doing? This was when it was first starting. Oh, I I saw one. Saw what? Well, a Pokemon. I said, oh, no. Lord Jesus, come quickly. Basically what I just said. Signs of the apocalypse. I said, how did you know How did you know there was one? Well, this little Pokemon game has, if you carry this around with you and you set it up, it vibrates in your pocket when you get near one. It signals you that there's an opportunity. Is there anything to signal us about opportunities to share our faith? Is there anything in your life and in your heart that would prompt you to love someone, to give, to be a witness, to turn the other cheek? Look what Jesus said in verse 22. And when he had said this, it's time, guys, to go. Get off the couch, going in the community. 
not sure I can do this, not sure you can do this. They're saying to themselves, and he says, no, 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 it's okay. I'm going with you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive who? The Holy Spirit. He gave us his presence. Are we, are we listening? Are we attentive? Are we willing to almost look silly? Can I just confess something? Can I just confess that sometimes the Holy Spirit buzzes in my pocket? Here's a great opportunity to win someone for Christ. Or here's an opportunity to just pause and share a word. And the reason I'm gonna confess this is if you confess, if you don't confess this, you're probably not telling the truth. Sometimes I hear it, the buzz and I'm like, I don't have time. That prompting of the Holy Spirit or maybe I know that I shouldn't be angry but it sure feels good. And it goes off in your pocket. The Holy Spirit wants to lead us. He gives us his power and his presence. But isn't it glorious? I've never, I've never been disappointed when I feel the nudge from the Holy Spirit. And I sling open the door and I get out and I stop what I'm doing and where I'm going and I share my faith. I've never regretted that, have you? Here's what my prayer is, is that you will live with the word of God in your mind and the Holy Spirit in your heart. That you will come to this Pokestop church as often as we open the doors. That you will be as passionate as those crazy groups you see running all over Gainesville after lifeless animated creatures, that you will be as passionate for people who need to know Jesus. That's my prayer. That you will come here to Westside, to this church, you'll come to your life groups, and in those life groups, and in, in the church, and in our deeper life classes, and next week, I'm really going to be, begin to promote again. We're going to do some wonderful things on our Monday night groves. We're going to have some opportunities to train you how to share your faith very simply. Come back tonight. Dr. Platt is going to share a little outline of how to share your faith. Come to the Pokestop. Come to the church so we equip and energize and encourage and love and, and pray for one another. And then... We go out there and live on mission. Why? The resurrected Son of God said, As the Father sent me, so I send who? Everybody point to yourself.
Let's pray together. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is an easy um, thing to say. Maybe it's not so easy to say. But it's a challenging thing to do because we, we let fear, like the disciples did, we let fear get the best of us. And we're not willing to look up from our cell phones to notice the people around us when we're out in the community. We're busy playing games at the foot of the cross. We have to make it missional. I've got to turn my time into that, my job. It doesn't mean that you have to be really strange and weird and awkward and pushy. I'm not encouraging you to do that. That's why we come and we, we get equipped and trained how to lovingly and, and sensitively share this truth the way Jesus did. To love our neighbors, to love God, to live well. Maybe as we sing in just a moment, it's just a time of, of commitment, a time of saying, okay, God, I, I'm asking, and maybe you should just pray this with me right now. God, I pray that you will buzz me. You'll nudge me, prompt me as I'm out in the community, as I'm sitting at lunch with coworkers. That you would nudge me and that I would just look forward to that opportunity to share the crucified and risen Savior with the world that needs it. And you know, that's really not um, everything we can do. Maybe some of you need to start thinking, you know, my neighbors, I don't run into them very much. Maybe I need to invite them over to a cookout. Maybe I need to take the person that's sitting by me at church and take them out for a meal. Make your home missional. Turn your money missional. Turn your time missional. Think of ways to live like Jesus lived. And if some of you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this is the kind of Jesus he is. This is the kind of God that, that he is offering you. He came to die in your place. He came to give you life. And then he wants to go with you. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's the kind of God who's offering you forgiveness and eternal life this morning. Would you receive it? Father, this is our invitation. Uh, God, that uh, you've offered to us, we hear it. Help us live missionally. Help us make it missional. Help us be open to hear your promptings. Help us to choose to follow you. Thank you, Jesus. And we ask it in your name.